Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Listy Delaney. So what? It's the Manchester Odyssey. It's probably the only thing that we can rely on. Uh, in these trying times, I think that once a week we'll uh, delve into the best of Roy of the Rovers 1980s. Yeah, I mean, pages it'll never, ever, match. ever stop. Well, this ever book stop. Will. This book will, then we'll go to the 70s. And then but we'll, we'll the never stop issues. talking about Roy of the Rovers, not I really. I think I was just digging through some old stuff and I think I've got every issue of Roy of the Rovers from 81 through to 86. So, uh, well, I've got Roy the Rovers 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s annuals, yeah. And I've got the 1984 Christmas as well. I've got them, but I got the the special edition one signed by Roy and Blackie. I've got the football shirt as well, and the sports bag made by Gola, and signed by Billy from Billy's Boots. I've got a pair. I've actually got Billy's boots, the magical boots <laughs> that make him. You score a goal every time you play. I've got a pair of Penny Racers knickers, and I'm wearing them now. <laughs> well, that's what the man on eBay said, anyway. <laughs> One pair of Penny Racers genuine knickers for sale. On Start <laughs> serious offers only. <laughs> Ninety-five pounds they cost me. <laughs> <laughs> And I bought one of those mannequins from a shop window as well, and I put a penny race wig on it, and she wears the knickers when I shop wearing them. And, and I'm see her marrying Penny and Race. I'm marrying Penny Race. Because Roy died in a helicopter. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, yeah, at the start of this next one, at the very top of the uh, the page, it says, Roy had to go off, exclamation mark. He feared he'd broken something, exclamation mark. I fear I've broken something. <laughs> get us off. The, uh, the, uh, the preamble at the beginning, it tells us where we're at. While investigating the business affairs of Arnie Mekif, his villainous cousin, I think they've in- included that because there hasn't really been much about Arnie Mekhoff. We haven't no, seen him, have we, for weeks? ages since he was there with his feet up in Roy's front yeah, row. Yeah, he turned up, disappeared, but he still looms large, so they've mentioned him. 
just to keep you uh, up to speed with that. Uh, Roy had been forced to take violent evasive action. <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> it says violent evasive action. And then, which I is, don't know, it wasn't that violent. He threw himself through a fucking window. Quite violent, I suppose, but there's no victim other than I'm the not window. sure it's quite the right and word. I would have dramatic. Yeah, dramatic would have been better. Uh, when an unknown motorcyclist tried to run him down later, following a heavy tackle in a second division away game against Gatesfield. Hmm. And we uh, we pick up where we left off last week, basically. Roy is rolling around on the grass, holding onto his shoulder. Um, someone in the crowd shouts, Something's wrong with Roy's shoulder! Sounds as if he's badly hurt! <laughs> I don't know how they can hear him from right up there, because they're right up in the crowd. And uh, Roy's going, oh, Blackie, look at Blackie's face. Blackie's overlooking him. <laughs> this concern Roy. on Blackie's face. Don't die, Roy. Everyone, get back. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you near him while he's dying. Let him breathe, <laughs> Roy. It's me, Blackie. Can you hear me, Roy? Are you breathing, Roy? Roy, turn away from the light, Roy. <laughs> Right, right, I'm going to suck your tongue out of your mouth so that you can't swallow it. Puck her off. Right, I'm going to do the what you call it, the mouth-to-mouth. It's like French kissing, but it's not French kissing. It's actually <laughs> medical, so, you know. Right, anyway, I'm going to do it. What are you doing? Blackie, get, get off me. Right, I'm going to lie down behind you and do the Heimlich manoeuvre. Right. <laughs> if you die... Do you want me to become the captain? <laughs> right. I'll, I'll be manager if you want. Right, if you die, are you saying I can have your helicopter? <laughs> you don't want the kiddies growing up without a dad. Do you want me to move in with Penny for you? I don't I've mind this, leaving my wife a hater. I've got this little notebook in me, in me sock and a pencil. And I, I just want you to write down all the things I can have and then sign it at the bottom. Can I have your car, I? <laughs> Meanwhile, Duncan Mackay looks like he's ready to fucking lay someone out. He turns to the player who did the challenge. What did you do to him, Maynard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Gatesfield player, hell. Maynard. And he goes, nothing, honest, it was a fair tackle, Mackay. <laughs> and, uh, he absolutely sh- shat his pants there, didn't he? Dropped he has, his load. Yeah, mind you. So would I if Duncan Mackay came up to me like that. Look, look at Mackay's stance, though. It's very aggressive. Fists fucking clenched. Sc- that's the that's a proper Scotsman stance. That <laughs> <laughs> that's the national stance. Every nation has one, don't they? When you get your tartan. When you go to Edinburgh and you buy your, yeah. your tartan, they've got that on the... Uh, the a, every nation has its own stance, you know. The, the oh, fre- are we going to just launch into some xenophobia here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Americans <laughs> stand like John Wayne, legs far apart. <laughs> the French stand like teapots, don't they? <laughs> I'm a little teapot, short and stout. That's the that's the national stance of France. Of the French. The France stance, they call it. If you say so. Okay. Uh, what's happening next? Yeah, Roy's beginning to sit up. He's recovering. Uh, and obviously Maynard says, it was a fair tackle, Mackay. And Roy says, he, he's right. It was fair and square. I must have jarred something when I fell. It's a fucking <laughs> severe jarring. Taffy, I'm telling you, this is one of the worst jarrings I've ever had. <laughs> it's a proper rotten jarring. And the referee turns up. 
He's just ran across in the first frame. Referee turns up and he goes, are you quite sure, Roy? Like, the referee's given Roy the chance to referee the match here. <laughs> they, they're says, always doing that. This yeah. is a running theme. Refs, what about that time when Vic Guffrey had done something or other and the ref said, Roy, I didn't see it. You tell me what happened and I'll yeah. trust you. I'll, I'll act accordingly. Are Send you quite him sure, off. Roy? Send the con off. He's, yeah, Roy says it was fair and square. The referee's, well, now have a think. Mm-hmm. I'll go by whatever you say because I was over there. I didn't see anything. You know better than me, Roy. <laughs> you know better than anyone. I'm just an amateur. Um, I tell you what, right? Have you? Have you? I've probably asked you this already, but have you been watching the last dance? Is Michael Jordan Chicago? I still Boston. haven't got right to it yet. No, I keep I keep meaning to, but not yet. Sh- Michael Jordan, great guy, incredible <laughs> sportsman. Shades of Roy, fade so <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> well, because, because how could he not? I mean, Michael Jordan has never been a sportsman who loomed yeah. so large uh, as an individual over an entire sport, let alone yeah. a team. Mm-hmm. So you come out of it. It's an, a brilliant series. And you sort of think, yeah, you think he's a very smart guy. He's a very charismatic guy. He's likeable. And mm-hmm. he was obviously almost, I mean, I'm no basketball fan, but you don't need to know anything about basketball to fucking understand that the bloke was superhuman, the, fit, the yeah. shit that he pulled off, right? But, you know, he was just, he was everything at this club. He was running things, was he? Completely <laughs> running things. Like, there was, you know, <laughs> the coach totally deferred to him. The manager and chairman totally deferred to him. The players, the press, everyone deferred yeah. to Michael Jordan. And it's impossible for that not to have an effect on you. In fact, to be fair to him, he's, you know, probably less of a megalomaniac than many of us would become if we were in that situation. But I'm looking at, and I'm chuckling throughout, because situations like, I'm chuckling because I keep thinking of Roy Race, right? (laughs) Because all that stuff where the ref goes, well, what do you think, Roy? You know better than any of us. That's basically how Michael Jordan was treated (laughs) by everyone in the whole of America. Enabled. Yeah, it's just enabled. You, 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 all of you. Have you had any trainers named after you? No, thought not. I have. Yeah. I'll make the decisions. It's fucking serious. Like, they they go to the Olympics in 92, and I don't know if you remember, that was the first time I really ever watched basketball because they formed an all-star team, fucking Americans. Really out of order. Totally not in the spirit of the Olympics. (laughs) Completely, yeah. So American. They were like, we're a bit worried that we're not winning every time at basketball, <laughs> right? Which is fucking hilarious as well, because it's like, it's just your sport. No other cunt plays it. And they relentlessly, I know it's an old thing to get wound up about, but in this doc, they relentlessly refer to the world champions. He's the best sportsman in the world. He he is, this is the best sports team in the world, right? Yeah. Always with American sports in the world, in the world, in the world. And you think, hang on a minute, mate. No other fucking country plays this sport. It's like your World of Series the, of Baseball, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking madness. Anyway, they go to the Olympics, and it is embarrassing that they're not winning gold in the Olympics every time because they invented a sport not that long ago, and they just, yeah. they're just the only country who play it. So if they turn up and don't fucking win it easily, it's yeah. really embarrassing. And all the best but, players come through the college basketball scene, don't they? So they, exactly. They, they, they've got their own you know academy. They're, they're grooming all these fucking... Superstars. It would be like there was a top flight time machine contest and we didn't win it. No, some it's other, some fucking Russians did a version that was better. Yeah. Anyway, no, that's not gonna the, the um, so yeah, they fucking go. Oh, 
Well, we're going to get, we're going to get, uh, we, it's a, we're a bit worried about not winning gold. So rather than do it in the, in the traditional way that the Olympics is in the spirit of the Olympics by having <laughs> amateurs, we're just going to put together every amazing player in the whole of the NBA and bring them all out to Barcelona for the Olympics. Shit all over the rules. Yeah, we're going to shit spirit. on it. And they call up Michael Jordan and they go, will you come? And he goes, he doesn't even deny it. He's his present day being interviewed. He goes, well, tell me who's not coming. And they go, <laughs> what? And he goes, and they didn't understand the question at first. I said, just tell me who's not coming. And they said, do you want us, do you mean you want us to tell us who else is going to be in the squad? No, I want you to tell me the name of one person who is not coming. And it was basically the captain of their arch rivals, right? Who mm. were the Detroit Pistons, right? Mm. who they had a real rivalry with, sort of similar to the way Man U and Arsenal used to go at each other in the days of Vieira and Keane. Yeah. It was those two brilliant teams, both very aggressive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so Jordan personally hated the captain <laughs> of the Pistons, who was, you know, as far as I can establish, he was regarded as the number one player by quite some distance in his particular position. But when they call up Jordan and say, we're putting together an all-star team to fight in the Olympics, he basically says to the guy, fine, but you're not picking that cunt. Don't like him. <laughs> and they go, all right, Michael, whatever you Fair say. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> like we were talking about Kevin Keegan, when I said that one wouldn't let him go. If you don't sell me, I'm going to hang my boots up. Yes, exactly. Well, again... <laughs> I'm watching it and there's a lot of parallels. We've been watching the Keegan doc. There's a lot of parallels with that, which sounds funny because you think, oh, Michael Jordan, Kevin Keegan. But it's really similar because on the Keegan Odyssey earlier in the week, we were talking about how actually his life and his schedule, however glamorous and, and brilliant his life looks from the outside, the reality yeah. of it is it's fucking nightmarish. And people will go, well, oh, I wouldn't mind it for that money. Yeah, sure. He's got mm. money, but he lacks so many other things that any ordinary bloke would have like yeah, yeah. a fucking second to breathe or privacy, yeah. right? And he complains about it a bit in that doc. And Jordan's exactly the same. There's one bit where the, the film crew find him and he's sort of just lying in his hotel room and they go, what have you been doing? He goes, I've just been sat here all day watching TV yeah, with the door locked and my phone off. Yeah, And they said, why? And he goes, because my life. He goes, people think this is a life to aspire to. It's not. It's He goes, it's, it's a nightmare. He went, yeah. and I can't, you know, like maybe once a year, I'll just do this. I'll shut everything off and lock a door and just watch TV all day because mm. it's just fucking nightmarish, basically. My life's um, like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, just non-stop phone me. calls, office yeah. of work coming over the phone. Going over the phone. Just yeah. unplug it at the wall, watch some telly instead. Yeah. <laughs> but then you've got Dennis Rodman, who's his teammate. And yeah. he just go. He he's brilliant as well. He's more like the tigerish sort of destroyer of the team, right? Yeah. So they've got Jordan, then they've got Scotty Pippen, who's like Jordan's sort of wingman, who's also brilliant. Blackie yeah, he's the blacky grey character. <laughs> but the Vic Guthrie, right, is Dennis Rodman, <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> and Dennis Rodman's fucking obviously completely bananas, right? But it's yeah, a, yeah. that's what makes it so compelling. So they've got these two superstars. But then, as their enforcer, they've got Rodman who, again, I don't understand basketball, but he's basically the guy who seems to just foul all the other players to keep them out of the way, sort of thing. Right. And, but he's also very talented. But he just once in a while has to go to the coach and goes, listen, um, I've got to take a holiday. And they go, for how long? And he goes, 
I've got to take a week off. And they go, what do you mean a holiday? You're going abroad? No, no, I just need to go to Las Vegas and get off my tits. Because if not, I'll go mad. He needs to right? go and reset his demons. He needs to reset his demons, right? Exactly. And then the coach, do you know what the coach does? Because it's a mad request, but it's Dennis Rodman. And they all know Dennis functions in a particular way. You need to cut him this slap once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the coach goes to Jordan, right? And right. goes, so it'd be like Fergie going to Roy Keane and going, yeah. Roy, uh, Giggsy wants to go away to Blackpool for the weekend on the piss and the fanny. <laughs> do, you, do you think we should let him? What the bloody hit? Cassie, come fuck, fucking Blackpool. You train every day and night and weekends. But Michael Jordan goes, fine, let him go. Yeah. Let him go. But I fucking tell you this much, he won't be back in two days. If you let yeah, him yeah. go, we'll lose him Same for a minimum month. a week, which, which comes true. <laughs> But they're all like quite open about all this shit that they do. It's quite mad. Anyway, I gotta parallels with Roy, Ke- with Roy of the Rovers and Roy Keane and Kevin Keegan. So Roy, uh, he's he's there's a close up on him and he says, "I'm sure it wasn't Maynard." Anyway, I guess I broke something when I dived through that window to avoid the motorcyclist. <laughs> but because of my massive capacity <laughs> to weather pain, I maybe didn't notice. I broke something. My pain threshold is off the fucking scale, right? <laughs> so, at which is that you think that's something to admire. It's not, because I could have a broken neck, broken spot, wouldn't notice. But he's thinking this, he's not saying it, it's, it's internal dialogue. Hmm. He says, uh, I might have broken something when I dive through that window to avoid the motorcyclist, but that's my business for now. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Nosey cunts can piss off. And he takes himself off, substitutes himself that he's got like a, a nice blue cotton blanket wrapped around himself that Taffy Morgan's brought on. It's a substitution blanket. Uh, Race has taken himself off. What a terrible blow from Melchester. <clears throat> someone shouts in the crowd. And then a Gatesfield fan pipes up. You've got a chance now, Gatesfield. Let's see you cash in on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it with his cotton blanket because it's like James Brown the, the, when he goes off. You know when James Brown would always yeah, collapse, yeah. theatrically collapse at the end yeah. of a gig and then like someone would have to come on and wrap a blanket around him and escort him off and then he'd throw the blanket away and come back on again, wouldn't he? But, mate, we have, if we ever get to do live shows again once COVID's We're over, gonna need blankets. we have to have our, you know, if there's any counters yeah. out there, I've got a couple in mind who, who assist us sometimes, can come on from mm. stage left and right, we'll each have a personal one, and when we collapse, yeah. it's exhaustion because of the sheer, I mean, <laughs> just the, the, the amount of en- effort and energy that we pile yeah. into our live shows is, yeah. I mean, you know, us shouldn't really say it myself, but I will. It's astounding. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a The energy of our life. shows are, are astounding. And, I mean, often, I'm when we get to the finish of uh, our opening number, and who knows yeah. what the opening number will be on our next tour, although <laughs> I have had some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought we decided on one, but I forgot what it was now. Yeah, we, we probably Never decided mind. on loads of different Jalapeño. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Pa. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just popped into my head that um doing there must be an angel by the Eurythmics and one of us playing a gigantic harp. You know in that video, I think that yeah. she's re- playing a harp in a blonde wig. Yeah. So one of us gets to be Annie Lennox and the other one gets... What an opening that would be. Put it on the list. Anyway, the the end has to be us collapsing and escorted off stage under blankets like Roy we'll here. Get, get two volunteers from each audience mm. each night. Will you be our blanket people? Yeah. Or you've paid double to be our blanket people. <laughs> There's always got to be an angle. Um, so he's got his blanket on and he's walking off. Uh, it says, Rover's substitute was Mervyn Wallace, who had recently recovered from a hamstring injury. That's a bit too much information there. Uh, yeah, who Roy, cares? Roy says, <laughs> Mervyn! I want you to change places with Kenny Logan. Tell him to push right up into the Gatesfield box and wait for the openings. <laughs> Fuck's <laughs> sake. Okay, Roy, I'll Not pass it on. fucking rocket science. At first, yeah. Roy's gamble seemed to meet with failure. And uh, the balls are coming in and the Gatesfield defenders are just heading them away with big smiles on their faces, look. They've got massive <laughs> smiles on their faces and they're just heading all these balls away. Logan is almost shrinking as a man, as he tries to jump up for these these oh, headers. Yeah. Oof, he says. Uh, Logan's too small and light. No danger at all. Comes I think the, that the I think Logan um, is the sort of lad who goes missing when games well, get a bit like rough. He's been dropped into the deep end, really, hasn't he? Because he's just mm. a kid from Scotland who they discovered. And, uh, you know, even in the second level that they're playing at, the second tier, uh, he's struggling a little bit. Reminds me of Duncan Watmore at Sunderland. Uh, the defenders are smothering his skills, shouts the crowd member. Oh, no, his skills are being smothered by their <laughs> physicality. <laughs> Those old, ghastly, rough men are roughing up our youngster. He's an artist, and they're just old bullies. Leave him alone. Leave him alone, you brutes. <laughs> Let him express himself. <laughs> you horrible, ugly men with no appreciation for beauty. <laughs> As the ball was pumped back like into the Arsenal home goal bags. Uh, and Jimmy Slade's had a shot, and it's just hit Kenny Logan, who shouts, Oof! He's got in the way of Jimmy Slade's shot. Get out of it, Logan. Oh, it's all going wrong for poor Kenny Logan. Poor, poor Kenny Logan. But turn the page, me, he's been found out. Oh, hang on. No, turn the page. Then, before Gatesfield could clear the loose ball, 
Who's smiling now? It's Kenny Logan. That's who. And he's Whoa. turned on a sixpence. And he volleys it and he shouts, that's my ball, laddies. Laddies. <laughs> if I was one of the opposition, I'd be, don't fucking patronise me, you little shit. Call me, you laddie. <laughs> I'll put you it in the fucking face. Great turn. It's a great turn and finish, though, to be fair. It is. Straight in the back of the net. The defender yeah, goes, Ke- oh! Kenny Logan's hair, mate, if you just skip out a couple of boxes there, Kenny Logan's yep. hair is quite an extraordinary style, isn't it? A blow-dried style. The yeah. Immaculate. Blow-dried perfection. It's, it's red, but mm. he's and it, he wears it quite long. But it's all swept back, and it looks like it's it looks like a blow-drying set. You know, like those yeah. things that you that you have to sit under if you're an old woman in the old days. He looks a lot like Silla Black. Do do you know though what those things are that you have what, to sit under? You, the machine woman? that comes down over your do head. They, do they basically what are they? Do they? But you get the hair into a shape. Machines? Yeah, and then what yeah. do they do? Freeze your hairstyle into that position know. permanently. Look look at us. Look at our hairstyles. We're going to know that. I know, but I'm fascinated by it because you used to always go, in the 80s, you'd go past the hairdressers, there'd be a row of yeah. old women sat under these fucking machines. Yeah, but your mum or your nan or someone would go in and they'd come out and their hair would be all nice and lovely and they'd had it done. I don't know what goes on in there. Well, I fucking want to know. Well, fucking find out then. What I think is that Kenny Logan has had <laughs> one of those. Put an appeal out to some of the lady cuntesses to tell you what yeah. goes on in those things. Tell us what goes on in that, because I used to think it was a government system to insert thoughts into your head, or of course it was yeah. even better to extract thoughts oh, from your head to sell to advertisers. Yeah. Um, so find out what, what sort of thing, what sort of washing a powder appealed to you. Because <laughs> in the eighties, that was legit. Uh, anyway, his hair. I suppose the closest I could I could compare it to is it's a bit of an old Edmonds cut, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. I'm seeing Silla Black. I'm seeing Silla, Silla Black. Black. fucking out. I've got to share this video that I saw years ago, Silla Black, and I can't remember what the context was, right? It's even mm. better, actually, if you don't know the context. But it's her in a documentary talking about her childhood in Liverpool. And all of a sudden, in this documentary, mm. right, all of a sudden out of the blue, she goes, um, now... When I think of my childhood days in Liverpool, I, I always have a, a snack that we used to love to have. And some people might feel it's strange, but I still have it now because it's one of my favourite little nibbles when I'm feeling a bit peckish between meals. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm really interested in this because I'm always, whenever I interview a famous person, I very often try to remember to ask them what kind of snacks they enjoy. Yeah. Because... It says a I lot think about them, doesn't it? I, I, it does, doesn't it? And it really humanises them as well, because mm. everyone likes to have a snack. Dehumanises them, did you no, say? It hu- no, it humanises <laughs> them, not dehumanise. I'm going to dehumanise you. I'm going to dehumanise it, this cunt now, with the snack question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you feel you like bare, scum. Psychologically. You're no better than a wild animal in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to lay you down on the floor and pin you like a butterfly. <laughs> but, like, you know... It humanises them. Like, people say, you know, oh, you shouldn't be intimidated by a celebrity or a star because at the end of the day, they shit just like the rest of us, right? Yeah. But it's not just the shitting, right? It's no, the it's snacking. The it's more it's the than snack- that. It's the snacking that also means that, you know, it's a, a great leveller. So, yeah. anyway, I'm thinking, great, we're going to get to... So, Scylla Black, she goes, and it's the way she explains, she goes, now, 
I help myself to an orange. She goes, and I cut it up, and she cuts the orange in half, right? And she goes, and then I help myself to a beef stock cube, right? She keeps saying, I help myself to. And she opens a kitchen cupboard, and she gets out an Oxo cube, beef flavour. And she goes, and what I do is... And I'm literally, by this stage, I'm thinking, this is mad. Am I tripping here? She unwraps the Oxo cube, and she goes, and I just like to rub it lightly on the orange, right? And she rubs the beef stock cube on the orange segment. And then she just starts munching out the the beefy, orangey flesh from the orange, (laughs) like you do with a half-time segment of an orange, right? And she goes, oh, and the combination of flavours is delicious. I mean, it's fuck. Even as I say it, I'm thinking I imagined it, but I didn't because I've watched it loads of times. I'll share yeah. it on our social. It's pretty mad, isn't it? Sounds amazing. I feel like I want one now. Just to My, try it. Just quickly on the thing of showbiz snacks. I am um, on showbiz. Quickly. Just quickly on showbiz <laughs> snacks. The idea came when I was a, a younger journalist. There was a, a sort of a mentor of mine called Johnny D, and. Uh, he uh, he was like Deputy Editor on the mag I worked on and he gave me the idea of the snacks thing he said I always ask people what snacks they like right he goes because it's well a, for, have very you heard revealing. the song by the Chesterfields called Ask Johnny D from 1986 is that about Johnny D yeah no. and the first what, line the journalist is journalist Johnny D the first, yeah the first line is if you'd like to know what pop stars have for tea ask Johnny D no that's, yeah, in, yeah. that's astonishing yeah I'm going to bloody text him about this. He's a very modest man. He'll know about man. it. He'll know about of course it. He will. No, of course he will. Yeah. But I'm saying he's such a modest man, he would have never mentioned to me when yeah. he was my mentor. Ask Johnny that. D by the Chesterfields. Yeah. It's, it's just so extraordinary that he never mentioned it. Anyway. Uh, he's probably he sick said, of talking about it. He said, yeah. Um, he went, no, you know. So I'd ask him advice if I was going to interview people. He'd go, yeah, I always ask people for snacks. It's very revealing. He went, I interviewed uh, Big Ron a couple of years ago, Ron Atkinson, at his house. And I yeah. said, oh, yeah. He goes, and I was sat with him, and while we sat in his front room, he goes, his wife was pottering about, you know, doing little bits of of, uh, of housework in the background yeah. and what have you. Yeah. And I said to Ron in the middle of the interview, what sort of snacks do you generally like to eat when you're around the house? <laughs> right? And Ron went, well, what I really like... <laughs> what I really like, but I don't have it as often as I, as I would like, is I like to get myself a big platter of mashed potato, <laughs> right? He goes, but but I like to eat it as a snack with Ritz crackers, and I dip Ooh. the Ritz crackers in and Ooh. scoop up the creamy mash and eat yeah. it like that while I'm watching the telly or something. And Jody went, wow, that's really that's a really interesting snack. I've not heard that one before. So great. Then they carry on talking about something else. His wife's left the room just after he said that. 20 minutes later, she, she quietly comes, comes back yeah. in the room and serves them with a massive platter of mashed potato <laughs> and Ritz crackers <laughs> arranged around it, right? And she places it on the table and doesn't say anything. And Ron does not miss a beat. Mm. He, he doesn't look at her. He carries on looking at Johnny and answering the questions. She wanders off and he just like leans gets forward, helps himself to a fucking yeah. Ritz and gets stuck in. That's Mrs. Normal. Ron for you. Normal. Totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Right, let's get back right. to this. Mm. Uh, Kenny Logan's put it in the net. Uh, that's a goal. Oh, what a shot out of nothing. 
They shout, uh, and there's another. There's more chatter from the crowd here. It's mostly chatter from the crowd. This entire issue. Uh, that's why Roy signed him on. He turns half chances into certainties. Um, I think there's a lot of crowd chatter because Roy's not here anymore. Roy's Roy's normally, you know, the voice of authority and everything, yeah. and he's not there. So he we're, also we're polices their chat a lot, yeah. doesn't he? It's kind of like when the teacher's gone out of the classroom to take a phone call or something like that. Yeah. And they're all left they to their all own start devices. Dicking around. And uh, he says, uh, Kenny Logan says to Blatty Gray, What's a half chance, Mr. Gray? And uh, Vernon Elliott says, a Cheeky little perisher. <laughs> Early in the second half, the young Scott struck again. A glancing near post header. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and the defender says, Where in the blazes did he come from? Where in the blazes? Where the <laughs> fuck did he come from? Blazing bloody hell. Um, <laughs> then, as Kenny became the target for some very heavy tackles, uh, and he's, he gets sliced down, uh, he's been brought down inside the box. Kenny shouts, Awa! And someone else shouts, Penalty! And it's Duncan Mackay, of course, steps up, takes it, straight in the corner, 3 0! Wahoo! That's maximum points from all our league games! Not just some of them, all of them. Fuck off, wanker. You're you're in your way, fans, bit. Shut it, twat. (laughs) We're in the bottom three. There's only been four games played. We're fucked. (laughs) We're going fucking down. (laughs) And then we see Roy uh, shirtless, topless, in the the treatment room. Uh, Taffy's there. Taffy hasn't got his cap on. Yes, yeah, not, not often you see Taffy's hair. It's quite nice hair. in the air. I don't know why Isn't he keeps yeah. that on so often. If I yeah. had hair like that, I'd have it on display constantly. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> Same here. It says the result of the game was conveyed to Roy. <laughs> I'm here convey. to convey the result hey, to you, Roy. Come in here and convey the result to me. <laughs> on the Taffy. <laughs> Taffy, I need you to convey something. And that something <laughs> is the result of the game. Take your fucking cap off as well. Show some respect. <laughs> but right, you're not even wearing a shirt. Yeah, well, that's a fucking treat for you. Take a look <laughs> at this, a real man. There uh, we are. Um, and Taffy's doing a bit of treatment. He's got some kind of bottle of ointment in his hand. A uh, very small Do you know bottle. what it really looks like? I'm sorry to be juvenile because we try to not have juvenile no, humour on this not. podcast. Mm. But this thing take away the words it looks exactly like he's just been giving him an executive a piece of executive <laughs> pleasure on the massage table because if you look at the he's next to him yeah. with this bottle of fucking ointment and mm. Roy is lying topless but if you look at the expression on his face it does look somewhat post beatific yeah he looks. He looks like he's just Relaxed. had a happy, a happy ending off of Taffy. <laughs> Quick, Taffy, before the final whistle goes, you can finish no. us off. You can finish us off before the lads come back in for their bath. Uh, I've got a semi on already, but if you start pumping away fast, it'll soon be over. Go. There's a- <laughs> There should be a fair bit of injury time. I made sure that I fucking hung around a bit when I went down with my <laughs> dodgy shoulder. Slowly. I came off slowly and now it's time for me to come off quickly. Go. Now listen, I, by my calculations, you've got a good three minutes to finish this job. 
<laughs> and if you use your special ointment, you should be able to do it, no props. And if the lads come in halfway through, well, you know, that's part of the excitement, isn't it? <laughs> Get caught like that Get time after the after, like that time at Wembley after the League Cup final. Bloody great. <laughs> uh, Taffy said, um, it might be a badly bruised collarbone, Roy. You could yeah. miss a game or two. <laughs> Roy says, never mind, Taffy. The way young Kenny's playing, I don't think I'll be missed. Uh, I couldn't give a fuck, to be honest. <laughs> With three games into the season, I do were a couple of weeks off. But um, Are you rattling something, Sam? Dunno, yeah, maybe. Probably. Um, but they do get discovered and someone does burst in. But it's fucking Arthur Logan, isn't it? Kenny Stad. You say Arthur Lowe for a minute. Arthur Lowe. Um, <laughs> out of my way. Let me through. I've got to speak to my son. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> this bloke's thinking, a busy cunt, isn't he? Yeah, man. It's like, listen, mate, cut the fucking apron strings. He's at work. He's, a, he's an adult. Yeah. He's at work. Fuck is off, boys. Him? I need to speak to my son. You fucking tedious, drunk, tedious, fucking drunk and estate agent, like, who can't let go of your fucking adult son life. It's fucking sick. You see him in the players' lounge later on, and Blackie's thinking, it's old man Logan. Wonder what the heck he wants now. Old man Logan. <laughs> and there he is. Mr. Logan and Roy had already clashed bitterly over Kenny's refusal to enter the family business. <laughs> What's it to be a fucking estate agent instead of a professional footballer? Kenny, I've got, a, I've got a three-bedroom semi. <laughs> I've got a three-bedroom semi that wants selling in the gorbals. Right? It's a perfect starter home for a young couple expecting their first child. Right? We've got we've got three viewings booked in on Monday and the owners are away on holiday. I need you to do it. <laughs> it's a doer-upper, right? but that's reflected in the price. <laughs> uh, so there he is. Kenny, he says. And uh, Roy thinks, looks like the final showdown. <laughs> what the fuck that means. Uh, right, this is my cue to fuck off to the players' lounge. <laughs> the final showdown. Someone's going to die here. <laughs> he says, he's going to make one last attempt to persuade young Kenny to leave the Rovers. So Kenny's just, come on. He's, got, he's played up front. He scored twice. Yeah. Uh, man of the match. And do you think he's honestly going to yeah, you're right. What was that? Two up. So, what am I on? Well, we take an agent's commission of 2% <laughs> on every sale. <laughs> of that, you will receive 10% less expenses. <laughs> so, what you're saying is, Dad, I will get 10% of 2%. <laughs> now, this being the mid-80s and you're selling places in a pretty downtrodden area of Glasgow, I imagine that this house is going to sell for little more than £10,000. <laughs> ah, yeah, about that, sod, if we're lucky. <laughs> so, you want me to accept 10% of 1% of £10,000? I just scored two fucking goals, you old cunt. <laughs> The fucking Manchester Rovers. Do you think I've had a fucking lobotomy, you stupid old bastard? (laughs) Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out next time, because that's the end of it. And it says next week, problems mount inside and outside of the club. Problems have been mounting at this place for fucking months now. It's a fucking uh, mess. On the field and off the field, the club is a mess. And Roy somehow leads this charmed life where he just breezes through it. But we're finding it very entertaining. I'm going to give that a 9 out of 10. Yeah, 9 out of 10, definitely. Yeah. 
Right, well, we'll be back with more next week. We'll find out what happens next. More problems yeah. are going to mount. Take Probably, it or leave it. With any luck. Yeah. Until next time, be lucky. All the best. TTFN. Keep it cunty and just rest. Fuck off. Fuck off.